0: 8.14. The new committee to implement the April 27th Panmunjom Declaration was launched yesterday with a first meeting at the Blue House. Meanwhile, North Korea's Kim Jong-un met Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, reaffirming his intention to denuclearize. So it seems like things are moving forward. But how will North Korea's nuclear disarmament actually look? If it happens, let's bring in Melissa Hannum, Senior Research Associate at the East Asia Non-Proliferation Programme at Middlebury Institute of International Studies. Good morning to you from Seoul. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And Kim Jong-un apparently seems pretty keen on denuclearization at this point, a complete turnaround that we're still, I think, many of us trying to absorb and, and question whether we can believe what's in front of us. Um, we, we are reportedly seeing moves to uh, pull the plug on that Pungari nuclear test site already. How, how significant is that?
1: Well, I think it is the first step in what might be extremely positive and You're right. We, even a few months ago, did not dare hope for something as good as what has happened so far. Uh, Even in November, North Korea was testing ICBMs, Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles, and in September they had the largest nuclear explosion that they had ever done. Um, But it's very early in the process. And so I think it's also important that everyone involved, in order to do it well, thinks about each step carefully as they move forward, so as not to have expectations too high or too low.
0: But North Korea has suggested it's happy to allow in outside inspectors. President Moon of South Korea has asked UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres to take part in verifying the North's commitment, which would mean allowing the International Atomic Energy Agency to get involved. Is the North confident because it's sincere, or is it possible the North's confident because it has something up its sleeve? There is a history there, isn't there, with the IAEA?
1: yeah so there's a complicated history with the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency is the organization that um, monitors and verifies different countries' compliance with a treaty that prevents um, um, you know the spread of nuclear weapons and which countries hope will eventually dismantle those nuclear weapons. so Um, We hear a lot about the IAEA in their verification efforts in Iran right now, and in North Korea, we can look back at the history. So North Korea was a member of an international treaty that prevents the spread of nuclear weapons, Um, and uh, they made declarations to the IAEA in the 1990s, but they didn't declare everything, and so... uh, there was, um, you know, several hidden facilities uh, and, and information that they did not reveal as they should have, and eventually North Korea said it was withdrawing, uh, and there is some, you know, international legal dispute about whether they actually did fully withdraw or not, but, um, yeah, North Korea has a history of hiding its nuclear weapons program And so um, it would be a very complex inspection that the IAEA would have to maintain, uh, even more complex than what they are doing in Iran.
0: We have heard it argued, though, that the outside parties have a huge part to play here, that the pressure is not just on North Korea. Maybe that's, I mean, drawing on what you've just said, does the U.S. have to maintain its side of the bargain, uh, whatever the bargain will be, in order for this denuclearization process to be successful.
1: Yeah, I think we're still learning everything that North Korea wants out of its deal. So there are sort of bilateral discussions between North Korea and South Korea. And, obviously, North Korea has a relationship with China, with the United States, and then a very fraught relationship with Japan, uh, as well as other countries further afield. And so, right now, the inter-Korean summit is moving along in what seems like a very progressive way. As more and more parties become involved in discussions, obviously the negotiations will get more complicated. And even within countries, even within South Korea, there are um, constituents who have positive and negative feelings about North Korea and uh, about President Moon. And so um, as the details go from being very, very broad into more and more specific um, details, there may be different groups that have different interests. And so it'll be challenging to get everyone to agree
0: yeah, well, it, it seems like um, well, we already actually heard it earlier in today's show. Uh, the the leader of the main opposition Conservative Party suggesting anyone who's in favour of what's been happening lately, the inter-Korean summit, for example, is a leftist. Maybe the uh, the political scale will be somewhat amended if this actually turns out to be successful. But but not just that, we also have the nature of the deal, and the Libya model was put forward by. President Trump's national security advisor John Bolton. Perhaps we need to take with a pinch of salt what advisors have to say. But what exactly would that look like and is it even remotely feasible?
1: So I have a very low hope for a Libya model. Um, if, if for no other reason than the fact that Libya's leader died a horrible death at the hands of his own countrymen. Uh, I think just the idea of a Libya model would be very triggering to Kim Jong-un. He personally and his family and the broader leadership does not have a desire to die a horrible death at the hands of their own countrymen. So, unfortunately, I think that John Bolton has set up this, model, which may sound very appealing to Americans, but will not at all sound appealing to North Korea. And so I don't have very high hopes for that. That being said, the early steps of the, Li- of the Libyan model, where various facilities were declared and materials were handed over, was very enlightening for the broader world, because we learned more about how Libya got its nuclear weapons in the first place, and we were able to sort of understand that. But unfortunately, the lesson that North Korea has taken from Libya, and they've even cited this in their own news sources, their central news agency, that Libya was a disaster and an example, a prime example of why you never give up your nuclear weapons.
0: In reality, though, was Gaddafi's demise actually related to denuclearization. Uh, he, he, he would hardly have used nuclear weapons within his own country, would he?
1: I think at that point you're asking a really important political and philosophical question <laughs> that uh, I think is beyond my pay grade. Um, it, you know, it, it's hard to pinpoint any one reason why the liter- leadership of Libya failed um I think North Korea and the Kim Jong Un regime finds it probably very convenient to point to giving up nuclear weapons but you're right there's a lot of reasons that Libya as a state failed and that Gaddafi's leadership ended um and so I wish political science was as neat and tidy as maybe chem- chemistry or biology or physics um but unfortunately the you know Uh, narrowing down why one state failed and another didn't is uh, very hard in politics
0: (laughs) Well I I wish I had the mind to view physics as being neat and tidy (laughs) um, (laughs) That's a good point (laughs) But uh, but coming back to another key figure now in the US administration, Mike Pompeo he said in his inauguration speech that his team will work on on permanent verifiable and irreversible dismantling without delay Uh, This is something that Mike Pompeo's clearly working on and has been working on for some time because we've already seen images of him with Kim Jong-un. Is it looking quite positive, his role then at this point?
1: Um, well, so I think that, um, you know, the visit uh, earlier in April uh, to Pyongyang and the uh, secret negotiations over American um, hostages or, or criminals, depending on your perspective, um, was very positive in the eyes of the U.S. Um, you know, uh, moving those Americans outside of North Korea would be seen as a very positive step by the American people. And so I think it is a good example of, um, po- a positive step showing that North Korea is uh, acting in good faith as they work towards negotiations with the United States. Um, the concept of uh, permanent, verifiable, irreversible dismantlement is, um, is not, I, I would argue, new. Um, you know, the term that used to be thrown around is complete verifiable irreversible dismantlement. So really that's just one letter different in the acronym it's Pvid mm. versus Cvid right So um, I think that you know uh, that Pompeo hasn't been in place long and the Trump uh, administration is working uh, relatively understaffed and they're borrowing from previous administrations, uh, in their concepts. Um, the big difference between North Korea and the U- United States is probably on how soon this happens. Uh, North Korea and South Korea um, have been talking about a gradual process which honestly is much more realistic because nuclear weapons programs are very complicated and it will take a long time. It will take humans, it will take um, verification mechanisms, it will take technology, it will take a law in order to fully roll back a nuclear weapons program.
0: And, and, and perhaps it's just like, more how- realistic for, for those relationships to build as well. Um, um, we have to leave it there. Melissa Hannum, Middlebury Institute of International Studies. It's been a tremendous pleasure to hear from you today.